Hello, welcome to Life's Difficult, a podcast where we discuss the many challenging aspects of modern life and how we attempt to navigate them. I'm Mikhail, and as always, I'm joined by my conversation partner, Milos. How's it going? I want to know how you're doing, Mikhail. Um, actually, for once, I'm not going to say my generic not too bad, and I'll say pretty good. I think this has been a decent week for me. Okay, if you're doing pretty good, then I'm doing pretty bad. Because uh, we're I, doing contrarianism today. Yeah. <laughs> I saw it coming. I didn't know how to lean into it. And I was just like, all right, I'll just be silent until he... <laughs> I'm sorry. Let's, let's stop this and start again. This is, uh, this is embarrassing. <laughs> but, but yeah, like you said, uh, this week's uh, topic is the difficulty with contrarianism. Um, and I think... The reason this came to mind as a topic, because I, I'm, I'm the one who suggested we do this topic, is one, I thought that perhaps both of us have a fairly strong contrarian instinct in us. Uh, but two, and again, without necessarily, without naming names, given the social and political climate in the past couple of years with you know, pandemics and wars and all this kind of stuff happening. There have been a lot of contrarians, and I think there have been important voices to be heard. And at the same time, I've often thought, oh, these people are just stuck being contrarians, and that's a problem because now um, the utility of contrarianism is almost diminished because now it's just a rigid viewpoint pushing against whatever the prevailing narrative is. And I think that's kind of uh, where my head was at when I thought, okay, this is something worth discussing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I actually, let's, let's just start with us then. Are we contrarians, do you think? Or just people who are open to other narratives but not necessarily? Like is, uh, actually, I'll ask you rather than, than open it as talking about both of us together. What is your first instinct when you hear about like some story in the news? Especially, I guess, in a more, like, contentious political domain. I mean, I want to be perfectly honest here. I think I am naturally a contrarian. I think I naturally, uh, oh, God, there's a Tony Robbins thing that he says. He says a mismatcher. There's people who like to match people. There's people who like to mismatch people. Mm. I've grown up most of my life enjoying mismatching people, definitely. I definitely yeah. like to be... A person who has the other take. I like to be the person who, if everyone's going left, I go right. Um, I think, I think in today's climate, it's actually an amazing trait to have. But I definitely think there were times when it it wasn't all benefit. There's definitely times when you know you you end up um, just siding with things. Where you're like, ah, why am I doing this? But I, I definitely do. I feel personally a strong. I've always felt a strong inner drive to kind of rebel and and buck the the norm um and i think part of that comes from seeing the norm as 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 a little bit failing um like i i I think i don't want to make this sound like i'm somehow better than people because i'm 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 just dirt um (laughs) (laughs) all right realistically speaking but uh but you know I think no. I think what it comes down to is I think some people are better at finding the good and 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 choosing to stick with it. I'm better at finding the bad. So I'm better at finding things to fight and oppose. And I think that's where it comes from. And I think there's people who are like me in that it's a lot easier for me to find out what's wrong with the situation than what's right. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't have to mean that I'm a negative Nancy. It just means that you know I find what's wrong because I want to change it to the right. But then I don't know. I. I definitely feel like I, I qualify as a contrarian. What do you think about you? Do you think you qualify as a contrarian? Um, I think I, I think it's two things. I think I have some contrarian leanings, not as strongly as you, I don't think, but it's just like I always want to... Whenever something gets too standardized in how it's being presented, I wonder what is being pushed under the rug or what's being like polished off for the sake of a narrative. Um, and this is true, not just in politics, but like we've discussed film in the past. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I have that same instinct of just like, oh, so we're just going to talk about these, whatever, 10 Oscar films and think this is like all cinema has to offer. Mm-hmm. It's, I just have the thing with anything. I, I, I it, it, it kind of goes to my greater mindset approaching 
art, politics. We've discussed food. Food. It's 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 mm-hmm. like I want as much diversity of whatever there is as possible, and that's including diversity of opinion, diversity of viewpoints. And so I just hate when something is made completely standard. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if that's exactly contrarianism as much as the drive for diversity. The other thing I have is, I think, distinct from contrarianism is I like to play the devil's advocate. And that just comes from I want to understand better. Yeah. Even I want to, I never want to be stuck in a point of view. I never want to be stuck not being able to understand other people. And I, you know, and so I'll often, in the space of a conversation, purposely take up and, and again, not, not in like in some unpleasant way, um, but I'll try to take up a point of view sympathetic uh, or, or against what the other person is saying just so we can kind of flesh things out better. And that I think is really valuable because it's, 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 it's just like a good intellectual exercise to always be able to argue the other side, to be able to steel man your opponent's position. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, that also leads to less demonization because you can always understand others even if you disagree with them, stuff like that. And so, yeah, just uh, I'm a blend of contrarianism and a couple of other things, I suppose. Um, ultimately, you know, I think contrarianism should be used as a tool that you should, if you know that you have that instinct in you and you need to guard against it as well as use it to open yourself up to new things. So it's, you, you, you're kind of, you can get the best of both worlds if you're at least cognizant of that instinct. Mm-hmm. I think what goes wrong with some people is they're contrarian and they act like what they're saying is not at all contrarian. I think you need to have some self-awareness, right? Like if somebody comes up to me and says like, oh, what was your favorite movie last year? I did, and, 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 and I mentioned some obscure, I don't know, Russian film right or whatever just and anything that that is clearly way outside of the mainstream um i'm not going to present it as like yeah obviously you know that film and i'm gonna i'm gonna present it as like oh well you know i like some other films and stuff but i actually like a lot of foreign cinema and i actually found this director and then i found this film and it really and you know like take them down you know in marketing terms like Take them like through the funnel all the way down, right? And convert them. From awareness them. down to conversion. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And 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 so, when when if if somebody has like a kind of out there idea and they just present it as like, huh, like you you don't believe that? That's when I'm like, okay, I don't. More than just being a contrarian, you're disconnected, and that's not you you you've you've taken the worst from that instinct, and you've mm-hmm. just gotten in a bubble where you literally can't imagine anybody thinking outside of what you do and now you're in some ways uh the evil you're fighting against or you know the 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 same way where you think oh the mainstream narrative might be missing many many aspects of a story well this other person might have got like one aspect that was missing right Mm -hmm. but they've discarded 10 other aspects that were actually true in the original story Mm -hmm. and then now they're just off in their own universe and that's not that great either um interesting i i think i just want to get your uh, thoughts on something i feel like part of the reason why i think that i'm a contrarian is because i've noticed that i think i think there's i think there's a just a one thing that i want to define here is sometimes people think of somebody who is like against the mainstream narrative like we think of like somebody who's like very partisan on a view that's unpopular right Mm-hmm. think someone's partisan on a view that's unpopular. We think, oh, that's a contrarian. And to me, I don't actually think that is. I think I think what makes somebody, and I think what the desire for this is, is actually finding yourself in different rooms of different people with different views mm-hmm. and feeling a need to be on the other side of the of whatever <laughs> the room's consensus is. Or at the very, like, because I'll tell you right now, I, politically, I definitely lean right. Mm-hmm. I've been in rooms full of right-wingers where I feel the uncontrollable urge to be like yeah but listen to this left-wing argument listen to this and it's again it's not to the point of like compulsivity like i can stop mm-hmm. it but there's definitely the i just there, there's like some inborn incentive structure to be like okay y'all have taken that side i'm going over here and i think that's uh 
And so I wonder, do you, do you, do you feel that, how comfortable do you feel going into a room where, you know, the consensus is a, but you know, there's view B, do you feel, do you feel okay with that? Or do you feel like if, if everybody goes a, do you feel like you're like, all right, well, I guess I default have to go B now. If there's like a big group discussion, right? Like any, any, take any hot button issue, um, you can, you know, I, I think one of the, one of the most common ones that people think of is like abortion. Yes or no. Right. Such a, such a partisan issue. I, you know, whatever my personal viewpoint is, I've argued for both because <laughs> if there's a room full of people on one side, I want to be on the other. <laughs> well, so, um, you know, I'll, 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 I'll kind of bring it back to what I was talking about before. I don't like it in either direction when somebody thinks or only seems to be aware of their one point of view or their one perspective. And so I always want to present another just so that they know, like, and again, it's, it's not necessarily to the level of what you're talking about where I have to take like the hard line other position. Mm. It's much more to just say like, yeah, I understand what you're saying, but have you considered A, B, and C or are you aware of this, this, and this? It's just an always, and I, 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 I guess like if I'm more relaxed with somebody, right? Like I'm talking to you, I'm talking to my family or something and they present a perspective that falls into one of those, into that sphere of where I'm like, okay, they clearly don't see the full story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then, then I might be a bit more of an ass about it or not even that, but a bit more strident in, in how I present it. Cause I, I'm like, okay, I'm, quick push back to get it get effect and then get the conversation going mm-hmm. um but like with, with just a general audience I, I would be a bit more careful well but i yeah i would i would feel perhaps not compelled but i would feel a strong urge to be like hey let's uh, let's get a more well-rounded view of this mm-hmm. th- this thing that we're discussing and uh yeah it's 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 weird because it's like um, in, in 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 like the past few years, especially. Um, I, I, well, let me take a step back. Let me say this: it's contrarianism also rises and falls based on the climate that it's in, right? And so, if we had a like really really healthy, diverse, robust. Uh, uh, media that 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 was, you know, presenting all sides and being fair with everybody and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, right, like clearly things that 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 at least in in North America it seems the media is not doing, um, particularly in the mainstream. Then I feel like it's so much more important, right, to to always try to get in that 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 word of like, hey, like I what no matter what you hear in this news outlet or that news outlet, just consider the following that you might have not heard. Um, I, I'm sure my instinct would be much, would be greatly diminished if I was like, yeah, everybody's getting their perspective. Uh, they're getting multiple perspectives on this thing. And then they're deciding to be on their whatever side of it. Yeah. I would be just like, okay, you get it. And now you've ended up your conclusion. I might disagree with, but you, you have your, you have the facts, but when I feel like they don't even they haven't even been presented uh, another world view, that's where I'm like oh I feel like obligated, so that like there's just less ignorance about about mm. these these uh, glaring omissions that I'm seeing in in um, certain news outlets. And and that kind of speaks to one of the parts of how you need a certain environment to quote unquote create contrarians because if you if you don't have strong lines on issues if you don't have i mean i keep using the term partisanship cuz i feel like that's where we've, we we we're, we're kind of comfortable we see it but like anyone who has very strong views anyone who has very hard line takes on any given issue you need those to have people who can oppose it if everybody was very much you know well versed on every issue and had more of a of, of a middle ground belief system, I think it'd be a lot harder for people to take the hard line opposite stance because then you're just you're just an idiot. Then <laughs> like mm. you know what I mean. Mm. Um, and it, it's funny because what it makes me think about is 
Um, and I don't know if this is true or not because I've never actually lived there, but I imagine that, like, the people of Nordic nations would be a lot... Like, I imagine it's a lot harder to, to, to stick out like a sore thumb in those in those countries because mm. I feel like people over there are probably getting more of a... Or at least from the... And again, I haven't been there, so this is my my understanding of what I've what the stereotype is is that they're much more well rounded and they're they're much more calm and that they're much more open to both, you know, left wing ideals and right wing ideals and things like that. So it just to me just speaks to the point of like the more you have a black white divide, mm-hmm. the more you create contrarians and or at least you give them something to be contrary to. Yeah, it's um well, I, 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 I guess we should also distinguish between like, uh, well, because I'm just thinking back to the contrarianism example that you kind of gave of like entering a room and uh, slapping the host. Sure, but but <laughs> no, like, I'm but that was w- a w- terrible Oscars joke. It's it's that like. Uh, like use the abortion example. Do you think that the sides don't understand the other's argument there? I just I, I feel like that's much more a case of Not really. that that's that that's much more that, that's uh, that's that's definitely a kind of contrarianism that then I don't have in me because I'm just I'm almost reevaluating like how we're comparing our forms of contrarianism. Yeah. And you said you'd want you'd want to argue the other side. I don't think I would because as long as I because in that position it's like it's just irreconcilable. There's yeah, nothing. There's not. There's nothing to achieve. Mm-hmm. That, that, I, 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 and I like that example because it's actually a case where um, there's a I use a like in in just in terms of like the context of this conversation is actually terrible, but it's like that it shows the futility. <laughs> of conversation in that in that domain because it's well let, let's talk about the two sides basically one side believes that the other is in favor of killing um children on, on a mass scale mm-hmm. and then that other side believes uh the you know the right side is for taking away the rights of women and kind of setting them back massively there's no, there's nothing, there's no middle ground to be found there. It's, that's just yeah. truly a broken, broken issue, which uh, uh, basically confined to the U.S. at this point, I would say. But yeah, yeah, it's people who have a fundamental difference of opinion on, on certain things that, it's not that they have a difference of opinion on the active issue, it's they have a difference of opinion on the underlying concepts of the issue yeah yeah yeah, exactly it's not that they're not arguing whether the lamp should be on the table they're arguing whether that's a table or a sofa kind of thing Mm -hmm. if that makes any sense in in relation to the lamp right yeah yeah yeah. so it's like i always think about it you the pro-life uh group is often slightly religious if not completely religious yeah and so they're thinking you know the word of god quote unquote versus the other side that's looking at it from a completely secular angle that does not that you often not not completely but often it's like people who don't have a faith in god or believe in religion at all so to them it's like like what you know what i mean so mm-hmm. but and it's it, the interest the thing that i find very interesting about that argument though is when you hear people it's almost like it's almost like that little bridge of understanding. Like I've I've heard that argument happen very much between secular and religious people, right? That's uh-huh. that's the most that's the most common um, context in which I've heard the abortion debate, and what always kind of gets to me is like when you see the two sides almost like try to get along. So the religious side starts giving secular arguments for why it's not a baby yet <laughs> yeah, yeah and yeah. why uh, or no why it is a it, the, the, sorry the, the religious side gives a secular argument of like oh it's a baby because it's already a baby because it's fertilized egg and it's going to become a human and the secular side gives the religious or the moral uh, yeah, version yeah, yeah, yeah. of like this this person's going to grow up through struggle and sh- like like they might have the worst life ever and all this stuff and like is so it's such a funny thing where it's like, I feel like that's the closest you can get to common ground with these people is like, yeah, they will tell you you're wrong 
from your side on of your the terms <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 and uh and so it's it's such you're right that's a very interesting debate but yeah just in general like i feel like if i'm in a room full of people who feel one way i i would have more fun <laughs> arguing against them than agreeing with them regardless of what my view is because i i don't even know what i what my view is on that i think i'm 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 on both sides, actually, so that was, that's pretty easy for me to fight both sides. Yeah, that is a podcast we're never going to do. Never, <laughs> ever going to touch. Yeah, but, um, yeah, well, I agree. I would have more fun. I'm just not saying, I, I just probably <laughs> wouldn't do it because mm-hmm. um, I, I think we both just enjoy a robust conversation and even argument, so mm. that is just... That is almost, uh, it's a part of our contrarianism, but it's not, it's not the center of it. I, I, I feel like we just generally, I mean, that's part of why we're doing these podcasts to begin with. We just like talking things out. We like going back and forth on issues. Um, but going back to contrarianism, I do want to uh, point out like a, a an important difference because I see often... Um, I don't know if I can think of an example off the top of my head, but let's say something like, uh, I guess let's talk about COVID because now it's, we're mostly past it. So it's much more safe, but like, again, this is not even, uh, taking any sides or whatever. It's, uh, 12 ways later, you're going to regret saying that, Mikhail. Yeah. But, well, <laughs> uh, an, an example being, let's say somebody posts on Twitter, like, um, the, the male mortality, uh, for, for, for males under 30 when getting the booster dose of Moderna. This was, this was true at some point, uh, saying that it's, uh, the level of, the level of like heart complications and stuff is concerning, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then some, uh, and, and then some, some, but, and it would, it might be in response to, let's say, uh, an article about like the importance of getting vaccinated. Right. Mm -hmm. And then somebody would respond by saying like, oh, it, that's, that, that's, um, yeah, no, this, I I don't know if this example is working. I'm going to give it in the abstract and then you tell me if, 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 if I was in any going anywhere with this, it, it, the, the difference I'm trying to point to is what, what about ism versus yes. And, and I think the lots of contrarians get accused of what about ism because something terrible is happening. And then somebody comes and says this other thing, other terrible thing that nobody's talking about is also happening. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, and then they're like, Oh, but what, what about ism? And it's like, that can be whataboutism if you're saying like, oh, let's ignore the awful thing you guys are talking about to talk about my awful thing that's being ignored. That is whataboutism. But I think far, far too often as a form of dismissal, people are like, oh, so you don't think the original thing was important? And it's like, no, no, both can be true, right? Like, um, I think your analogy stands. Like one person says, oh, the heart complications in young men are alarming. Somebody else says, you know what's really alarming? All the dead people. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, okay, yes, obviously that is also alarming. <laughs> I am not trying to take away from that, but there's also this other thing. But then you're absolutely right. Some people are doing it to... I think I think the issue with that in and of itself is that the what about this argument is maybe not all the time, but it's so often used as a cheap deflection tool it's yeah. just like that's it, like the easiest way to deflect and i think we, we're so used to it like you know we every, we know that every single politician is slimy so it's like the easiest thing that you can do you defend a politician for doing xyz someone else is going to bring up something that they did dirty or someone on their side you know what i mean so everybody's hands are absolutely filthy so they can yeah endlessly sling mud and they can always be hitting actual real targets in terms of like they're not they're not lying about the opposition mm-hmm. but it's useless because it's just obfuscated from wherever they originally started yeah um 
and, and, and I think that just leads to a general, like, almost uh, mental sort of quagmire because you're just like, every, every, uh, everything is just so, so messy and everybody's so morally compromised mm -hmm. that at the end of the day, you're kind of like, especially if, if you're kind of um, geared towards like, okay, I have to kind of eventually pick a side. Like, I mean, we don't live in the US, but let's say you do and you have a two-party system and you see so much of this muddling, unless you, you don't believe in voting and fine, but like if you do, you eventually have to pick between those sides, right? You have to... Yeah. And so, yeah, that's that's when, you know, th th things like uh, whataboutism just further muddies the water. But um, I think that's an interesting thing because I think I think a lot of that is just partisanship. It, it's it's we've been driven to this idea of of you have to like you have to fight for your side, or maybe we haven't been driven to. It. Maybe I think it's something that's been around for since humanity was. We, we're humans. We, we like to argue that we're correct. But I definitely think that in the last little bit, the the tone with which we argue that we're correct and the other side is wrong and the amount of bad things that we're willing to believe about the other side in relation to our side has gone up a lot. Yeah. Um, and whether that's because we've had much... Whether that's because legit things are getting worse... Uh, may, or, or because we've just had more inflammatory personalities on both sides. I mean, I'm thinking of this personally through the, through the, the American left-right system, right? Yeah. You think both sides have had personalities in the last little while that aren't as savory versus, like, you know, think 20, 30 years ago, mm -hmm. you know. There was a sheen of respectability. Exactly, on exactly. Especially from, like, the presidential candidates, right, on the highest level. You, you'd always expect them to be a certain level of, you know, of have a certain level of decorum exactly and, and they'd all be they'd all at least come off as great statesmen and then in the last little bit it's just been the exact opposite so i think there's something there where it's like funny enough i think i i actually think that if you actually look at what's what's going contrary to the mainstream is actually the opposite of what some people would think contrarianism is. You think contrarianism is having a strong opposite viewpoint from others, mm -hmm. but it feels like today, especially in the political environment, the political and media space, the most contrary opinion you can have is one that is more down the center, that's more nuanced, that doesn't point fingers at their, uh, that, that, that plays less of a, of a black-white game and more of a gray game because everybody else is playing the, you know, my side. Yeah. My side's angels, your side's devils, kind of thing, and so it's such an interesting thing that you know this concept of being on the opposite of black white can actually put you in the middle, if you really yeah. want to be different. Yeah, no, th th that is quite uh, quite funny and quite a curious thing, and, and, and in some ways, it's a condemnation of where things are at, right? But um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I've heard. Uh, the term centrist used really disparagingly. Uh, <laughs> it's a bad word now, apparently. Yeah. Which again, um, it's also like how you want to interpret that word, right? Because, and I mean, we 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 we're going a bit away from contrarianism, but I think it's useful. It's 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 that um, each side understands these terms differently, sometimes willfully. Mm -hmm. Right, like so, the right when it talks about leftism will only talk about social issues typically, because on certain political issues, there certain left social issues are actually very popular. Mm -hmm. Right, like let's say like something like uh, a fifteen dollar min minimum wage is typically a fairly popular proposition. Um, so instead, they'll talk about like some kind of social issue that that they can rile people up on. And um, the left is good at sabotaging itself, right? But like, uh, if it's when it is kind of functioning and sensible, it'll kind of do its re reverse version of that because they're they're like certain kind of traditional sort of family values type of type of stuff associated with the right that the left 
has would be very foolish to touch right like it's it's gonna backfire for the average person mm -hmm. especially with such a big immigrant population who really you know on average speaking general in generalities really value some of those traditional values mm -hmm. um so they'll go after you know the kind of extreme right-wing uh economic agenda or lack of uh, on the right and so so it's 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 like neither thing is the right or the left it's aspects of it that they that, that, that they're picking out that that uh that they can use as a point of attack so then you know when a centrist comes along the right-leaning person will be like how the hell can you be centrist about this fringe social issue on the mm -hmm. left and yeah. the leftists will say how the hell can you be centrist about like this extreme right-wing economic agenda that's going to impoverish you know and and yeah. and so in that sense if you are centrist you are actually a bit of a buffoon because you actually sh you again like if you genuinely are gen you genuinely are whatever but like it would be sensible to be like picking and choosing on both sides and that's actually being centrist as opposed to oh i'm just down the middle down the middle is well, nothing. yeah down the middle doesn't actually mean anything down the middle is like i have no opinion mm -hmm. uh, you know what i mean you're right that's like that's like a moot point it's like what are your thoughts on you know what are your thoughts on on the you know uh i don't know like take an example of like again go back to politics one more time is like the you know the u.s iraq war well, centrist is just going down the middle. It's like, ah, oh, I think both sides did things, and I, I think you know it, it. It was what it was. I can't, you know, you can't go on. You can't say it. You can't condemn it. You can't be pro it. You can't, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's just nothing. Yeah, it's nothing. So it, that's the thing. Is that's I think that's what that's what bugs people in today's day and age is because we want people to be we want people to assert themselves. Are you in my group, or are you not in my group? Mm -hmm. And if you want to be somebody who says, well, I'm in your group for X, Y, and Z, but I'm out of your group for, you know, ABC, it gets people upset. Yeah, and I can get that in some ways because um, the average person doesn't have the time to look into every nuance of your position and stuff like that. So they, they need like easy shorthands of just like, are you this or are you this? Are you that mm -hmm. or whatever? Um but I think that's why it's it would be really it's I, this whole left right needs to be dismantled and re-understood. Um, you know, I don't know how how you want to see it. Right, there's like the horseshoe theory, or then there's the the uh, you know left right uh, top down or whatever yeah. uh, up and down in terms of liberal versus authoritarian, uh, uh, capitalist versus. Socialist or something. Or liberal, yeah, I don't know, whatever. Liber yeah. Point is, like, it's, yeah. it's, it's on you can look at economics it. And, 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 and freedom. And yes. they're, they're the two kind of intersecting lines. Um, and even that might not fully get it, right? But that's still closer to getting a sense of people. But left, right is just broken. It doesn't even make sense because it's flipped so many times, right? Like, um, for example, like the right was very much the hawkish party especially <laughs> around like iraq war days it was very mm. much much more of a um pro-war type strong military type and then in the trump years it was kind of split you know there were still your john bolton's your hawkish elements but you also had uh people on, on in trump's camp and to be fair, he was, he was kind of all over the place. On, he was on every side of every issue. But generally, they, they, they was, I think like a, whatever he might have said through him came a much more of like an isolationist type of uh, wing of the right wing uh, uh, side of the U.S. And, and so, and, and now more recently, I feel like the left has become much more open to, to mm -hmm. you know, being more aggressive militarily and stuff. So, you know, like right or wrong that's that's not the point the point is like there's been a flipping and then with within the party there've been divides right so there's yeah. two sides within the party and then between the party they're switching around and like it keeps this thing kind of keeps happening where what is the use of something when it's like so easily 
change via election, via the leader chosen and his words. It's, it's literally then just oppositionism, right? Right yeah. just is opposite of left. So whatever happens is just yeah. be the opposite. Whatever, yeah, and, and it's funny too because we're talking about contrarians, but you're right. It's become that you, you see with certain issues that became partisan. Like, again, let's go back to the COVID response. COVID's a pandemic. It's hitting everybody, and yet it became this left-right thing where it's like, yeah. especially in the States, and even, even here in Canada, the conservatives are super anti the lockdowns and all that stuff, whereas, you know, the liberals and the NDP are more saying, oh, yeah, let's let's do it. So I think that's so interesting. I think I'd love to step back from politics for a second and consider the... Consider kind of a, from from another angle, which is, you know... Is there actually a benefit to this kind of decision to go away from the herd? Let's not look at it in terms of politics, politics. and let's not look at it in terms of mainstream media because I think those are two that we've talked about a fair bit and two that we that are very almost feel like it's it's so pressing and pres and present that I feel like let's not even let's not even go there. Yeah, I'm thinking more like so when I think of stuff like breaking from the herd or the herd mentality, I think of general self-help advice and especially from the business community you hear business Mm. leaders always saying like you know you got to do the different thing you have to find your blue ocean you can't be you know if if everybody else is having a feeding frenzy in the market over here that's going to become a a red ocean right that's like so in in terms of like um entrepreneurship you hear this concept like a red ocean is an ocean that's filled with sharks and it's a feeding frenzy because it's full of blood so Mm -hmm. you don't want to go over there because you're competing with everybody else you want to find your own blue ocean so if, if the if the herd of sheep go this way, you want to go that way. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of platitudes in that in terms of like self-help and stuff like that. And I often wonder like, you know, from that perspective of like, let's just say from, you know, personal development and from, uh, you know, business standpoint, are these actually beneficial things for people to be thinking with? Are these beneficial mindsets for people? Or is this a uh, survivorship bias where 10,000 people said, don't follow the herd, and 9,000 of them didn't follow the herd and fell off a cliff, mm-hmm. and a couple of them didn't follow the herd and made it to you know, opulent riches, or they, they became somebody important, and they turn around and they go, I got here by not following the herd. So do you think... I guess the the question is, do you think it's good advice when people tell you, hey, don't don't do what others are doing, do your own thing, uh, in the context outside of politics and the other stuff? Yeah, I mean, it's 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 the same as kind of like follow your dreams. <laughs> it's like uh, it worked out for you following your dreams, but mm-hmm. um, this kind of reminds me of um, a film I watched a few months ago, uh, the one that. Will Smith won his Oscar for King Richard. And, um, you know, it, it presents the, the you know, the, the father of the William sisters in a mixed light, but ultimately it kind of seemed like a celebration for the, uh, how strict he was with them and how driven he was in pushing them in terms of tennis. And I thought, you know, for this fraction of a fraction of a, sliver of the population that you got these two girls to be your daughters and it actually happened to work out for the other million people uh, million daughters uh, you know what I'm saying you could have had um, you just would have been like a borderline abusive father pushing them to do something that they couldn't possibly succeed in on a really really low probability chance and you mm-hmm. just ruin these girls or not you know that might be going too far but you know it's just you think of the kind of counterfactual conditional there, which is actually way more likely. If his and, daughters weren't genetically Venus and Serena, but like two random girls from somewhere else. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a crazy person. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like a lot of what he was doing is clearly beneficial in terms of the discipline, the drive and the belief in his daughters and all that stuff is, is great. But at some point you have to draw the line if they weren't, didn't happen to be Serena and, Willie, uh, and, and Venus. Mm-hmm. And so it's the same as, as what you're asking me about like, did this this sort of advice about like going against the crowd and doing something different it's like yeah you that that advice will help that one percent person but it's the majority of people it's 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 just gonna end up in failure and 
in a utilitarian kind of sense, is that is that worthwhile? Perhaps because you need those one percent geniuses and you need to push them along. Um, but on the flip side, a lot, a lot I, I do think a lot of this comes down to the individual and taking kind of responsibility for yourself in the sense that you need to know yourself, mm-hmm. right? Like I I uh, I can have dreams of being a strength athlete, but I, like. It's just not going to happen, right? Like, however, I can dream of being a podcaster and at least there's some route there and maybe it still ends up in failure, but at least like... We're never going to get there, man. Yeah, this, this is this is literally <laughs> just two guys in a room, but... Uh, to the seven people listening, we love you and we appreciate you. But, um... <laughs> yeah. Thanks, mom. <laughs> no, 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 not... I will not be informing my family of this failure, but... Uh, <laughs> But, but but yeah, you, so it, 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 it's one of those things where it might end up being worthwhile, worthwhile for a small percentage of people and for the other people, like in some ways it's, it's on them. Like you, yeah. you, it's up to you to pursue your dream. It's also up to, up to you to accept the failure that comes with it, right? Mm-hmm. Like you need to know what you can hope to achieve. Like uh, my pipe dream uh, goal is 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 uh, to be a author and be able to basically support myself with writing. I'm well aware that I might be at this for decades before I reach that goal. Mm-hmm. Right, so that's that's just that's just part of how you know you, you know the biscuits are buttered, however you want to mm-hmm. put it. Right, that that that's how I get there potentially, and I'm going to try very hard, and I might do an MFA to help me out. I might reach out to editors to help with my work. I might get, join a creative writing, whatever. I might do MFA. It's like a master's. It, it, well, I'd do an MFA in creative writing, which would be like a master's of, of uh, doing a creative writing course at a oh, master's okay. level. Um, so, you know, I can take all these spe- st- steps to go from like it being a 0.0% one chance to a 1% chance, which is still low, but, you know, a little bit more approaching yeah. tangible. So I'll, I'm taking those steps. I'll do those things and I'll still be waiting maybe a decade before I get there. And even then I might not sell well. And even then, I'm you know, all these kind of things. Yeah. And I'm well aware of that. Um, where it becomes dangerous is if I'm like, I go all in. I forget about work. I forget about what, you know, social life. I forget about everything else. This is like, I'm going to be an author no matter what. Um, you know, I'm going to end up homeless. So, yeah, it's, it's about finding that balance to pursue that dream, to pursue mm-hmm. that low percent possibility chance uh, while not self-sabotaging and being realistic about how it might unfold. I find it so funny that, like, you know, if you had said this view 10, 15 years ago, maybe people would be like, oh, yeah, he's he's running with the herd. He's never going to make it. you got to be the crazy people who give up everything and only pursue their goal. Mm. And then you think about how hustle culture has created a lot of people who, like, just do something but don't really succeed at it. And then, and then now you're the opposite of the herd where the herd is doing all the, like, I gave up everything. I, I burned the boats and only do this one thing now and... I'm trying to start my own like my my own business selling comf- custom comforters. That's my passion. Have you sold any? No, but I'm doing it every day. <laughs> I <laughs> I still don't think that's going against the herd because I still feel like the most people, people aren't doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just yeah. Beca- it's it's been uh, the that kind of story has been amplified. I suppose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, it's interesting to me what I think. One thing that I think speaks to this whole issue is that. I think the West, as we know, Western culture is built on a bit of rebel culture. It's built on a sense of pushing away from what was before. You know, you think of Western culture has always been pretty progressive since, you know, I mean, you think about it, like North America, the first like base, I'm pretty sure the first sovereign nation of North America was the U.S. that decided screw the British we're going to go become our own country. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so that started from a very strong zig, you know, use zig where others zag. Every other colony is kind of like figuring out ways to, okay, how do we appease the, the, um, 
the whatever the I don't know what you'd call it like the kingdom that you're part of or whatever the you know your colony of a greater empire I guess you how do you how do you please do they, I I don't think they considered themselves emperors at the time I think it was kings and whatever but you know how do you appease the the person in charge and these guys said nah forget that let's kick them out and have our own country and I think there's definitely something about that ideal of deciding hey we want to do things differently and we're willing to to go for it Mm -hmm. and that's also part of what i think is it's built into this idea of contrarianism which is some of the best things in the world seem to have happened because people said screw the norm let's do things differently yeah i i i suppose there i would just say um contrarianism is part of the mix but i don't think it's necessarily the driving force right like Mm -hmm. i would say the greater ideal of freedom or liberty or uh, the need for independence these might be contrary ideas to the norm but they're the driving force rather than oh hey we have an impulse to be different it's the impulse to be free it's the impulse uh you know they they you know that they they had a intellectual framework to support what they were doing that's how they um you know came up with the constitution and the bill of rights and all this i don't know exactly what the timeline was with all those things but mm-hmm. generally around that time clearly they had thought about it and they had a set of ideals that they were following mm-hmm. and i don't think those ideals ideals were hey let's be different it was much more uh whatever a b and c yeah. these are things that, re- that are really important um that actually that actually speaks to the other part of this which i think is really interesting is like uh like you said it's about the ideals it was a great idea to say hey let's be more free and let's let's get a nation full of liberty Mm -hmm. it's not going to be great when someone takes that and rebels against it goes hey guys screw freedom and let's get rid of some of these liberties and let's just let's do the opposite so we can be different so i think there is something interesting to that where it's like i I, I think, and I think this is one of those things as like a teenager, I remember I just liked any rebellious character. Right. Yeah, screw, screw authority, screw this. And as I got older, I'm like, I'd rewatch some of the teen movies and I'd be like, why are they being so stupid? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Stop <Yeah>. it. <laughs> Stop doing this. You're just, what you're doing is dumb. And I think it's that. It's, it's an understanding of, of, of the principles behind it. And actually, I wanted to bring up uh, one example of a time when people so this is so a common place where you see people zig like we see people go the opposite way hard is on what ends up becoming you know conspiracy theorists Mm -hmm. an interesting one that i that i've heard of for a long time is the peak oil group have you heard of peak oil i have yeah so yeah so there are people who believe that eventually because oil is finite and because we're going to run out they have to hoard uh, fuel and gasoline for when uh, that the, the apocalypse of that comes. Yeah, they are preparing bug out shelters. They're they're you know they're expecting the end of the world and it's going to happen when we run out of oil. And what's so interesting to me is you know while the rest of the world is is embracing hey plastics and fuel and whatever and I mean now now it's kind of gone past that because I think they were more of a response to big oil in the 90s and early 2000s whereas now we're, we're all moving green anyway so it's mm-hmm. like less of a less like it, it almost feels like they've gone a little bit mainstream with everyone saying hey we're gonna run out of oil it makes sense um but it's a great it's a great example of the principles behind it right the principles behind this is not let's fix things it's it's you're all gonna die yeah we're yeah, gonna yeah. survive it's, it's, yeah and when you start taking that viewpoint, you need to kind of realize, like, okay, you're you're not you're not you're not straying away from the herd because the herd is into something that's not good, right? And I think I think that's the biggest thing that I want to get to is this idea of what you said just hit the nail on the head. If the herd is doing something stupid, then the smart sheep goes against the herd. Mm-hmm. If the herd is in pursuit of something that's actually amazing. And the smart sheep gets in there and helps the herd out because we're way better in groups than we are solo dolo. Yep. Yeah, I mean, at that that point, it's actually, you know, we haven't gotten to this, but in some ways it it comes back to, um, or not back to, but it it really uh, is exemplified by a point you've made about 
um, fighting the urge to just gain significance through your yeah. contrarianism. And um, I think a lot of contrarians will immediately uh, take the opposing view of anything, no matter how nonsensical it might be, just because it's going to get a bit of traction for them. Because mm -hmm. it, it's, it's different enough and in some ways it might be absurd enough that it's going to just, people are just going to be like, huh, okay, let's, let's, let's mm -hmm. hear this person out. Even if it's fringe, he'll still, uh, that, that contrarian will still garner enough support for it to be worth it for, to them. Um, and yeah. yeah, that, 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 that's, that's an ugly thing. And it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's almost a case of, in, in some ways of not even having respect for what you bring to the table, right? Because, so going back to what you're saying about gu guiding the herd versus going against the herd. And yeah, if, if you actually believe in yourself, you will then try to just be, you know, a leader or like a voice of reason amongst the reasonable. Mm -hmm. But instead it's like, no, I can only get attention when I'm being absurd. And so, you know, for me, uh, the the, the 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 goal beyond everything else is fame attention notoriety whatever and thus i will just say crazy crazy nonsense and yeah. uh yeah that 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 is that goes beyond contrarianism into just an ugly impulse created in the last few decades with you know just a desperate desire to self-promote mm -hmm. and uh yeah and then like you said the, the the way to offset that is just to have principles right you can yeah. uh, you can be both a contrarian and have a you know pretty strong sense of principles that you adhere to right so um it, it, i think that's actually how you get the best out of your contrarianism you always question things you always look at the other side and then you go back to your principles and say, I've looked at the other side, and is the other side adhering with my principles? In which case, then I'm going to be a contrarian in, on, on this issue. Mm -hmm. And if it's not adhering to my principles, well, I've heard it out. I think it's wrong. I will stick with the prevailing narrative. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, 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 I think if we want to leave people with anything, uh, because we've gone in all sorts, of, I think this is, the podcast where we strayed most from our topic, jumped around the most. Uh, it's 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 been a weird one. <laughs> uh, it's been a weird forty-five minutes. Has it been forty-five minutes? It's been like forty. Yeah, I mean, also for uh, to let the audience know, it's now approaching like two a.m. So <laughs> we might just be reaching a point of just uh, rambling and losing our. our um, we heard that most people are doing one a week, so we do seven in a day. That's how we're gonna podcast. Yeah, we're contrarian. I'm kidding. Just, just <laughs> pure garbage past the first. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but yeah. So uh, to bring it back to contrarianism and, and what we want to kind of maybe leave the audience with. Speaking as two contrarians of varying degrees. Actually, I, I'm a Taurus. You know what? Enough. <laughs> <laughs> it's too late for this. <laughs> um, it, it, it's. I've wanted to make that joke this whole time. Like, when can I throw this in? When can I throw this? In? <laughs> well, if nothing else, uh, if if this podcast achieves nothing else, at least that is out there in the in the ether. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, it's just you know, have principles before you dive into what size you're going to take and what narratives you're going to follow and, 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 and just don't become the thing you hate, right? Like if you mm -hmm. fi finding the mainstream media despicable in some way, don't become, uh, and, and, and despicable because they're ignoring something. Don't then just completely out of just like a knee jerk reaction, ignore the next story that that's presented by that news outlet that you hate. Because yeah, then then you're just you're becoming the issue yourself. Everybody's in their own um, you know echo chamber, right? Mm -hmm. Which is already so bad with social media because it's the algorithms are made to encourage that in many ways. 
Um, so, you, you know, you can be contrarian, but you can remain open-minded to a variety of perspectives. And yeah, the other thing is you don't always have to commit to a side, right? Like, I think that's a big part of what this whole, whole podcast, uh, series of podcasts are. It's, we often just talk and uh, we don't come to a firm conclusion about something. We've just talked about it and we understand many angles to it, but it's still hard to... Uh, come to a firm uh, stance and sometimes it's just unnecessary to come to a firm stance because nobody can really know certain things. So yeah, I, I, I think the the kernel of value in contrarianism is an open-mindedness and a, uh, a need to seek out differing points of views and information. Um, and so if you use contrarianism just to be limited just on a more fringe end of things mm -hmm. then i think you've really defeated the purpose of like uh, and otherwise what could be a good quality um so yeah that that's that's really what i would want uh our audience of no one to take away <laughs> this is reminding me of a great quote that i heard recently and i hope i don't butcher it but i heard from somebody else this idea of you want to have strong opinions with loose uh, with with loose beliefs around them or i think it's that you want to there's something basically there's nothing wrong with having a strong opinion on something mm -hmm. but you want to make sure that you have a a loose hold on your reasons for that opinion because you want to always be willing to to examine them mm -hmm. there's nothing worse than somebody has a strong opinion oh yeah you want to have a you want to have a strong opinion with loosely held beliefs because it's better than having a strong opinion with firmly held beliefs because then you're not going to question your beliefs. You're not going to take a look. You're not going to think about it. You're not going to look at the counterpoints, mm -hmm. right? Because I think for a lot of people, they think, I have to have strongly strong beliefs. If I don't have strong beliefs, then I don't really have a strong opinion. It's like, no, if you have strongly held beliefs, you're kind of admitting that your beliefs are weak because it, mm. if you loosely hold on to what's correct, you're gonna it's gonna keep getting validated by reality you're gonna keep realizing oh no this is right oh no this is right oh no this is right oh no this is correct right mm -hmm. versus if you hold on to what you believe too strongly and never see the opposite side that might be because your belief is in something that's you know weak shallow doesn't corroborate to reality etc etc so i just thought that was very interesting and i think it, it, it ties in what you were saying i think the only thing that i would add is to really watch out for the trap of you know, and again, I'm very guilty of this. I understand this. It's the trap of the consolation prize of being different. If mm -hmm. you just decide, well, forget everybody else, I'm going to be different. Yes, you are now special. You are now different. You might get attention. You might get, you know, more, you might get more attention than if you just been part of the herd because you had nothing special to provide to the herd. But ultimately, anytime you do that, when the prevailing wisdom is to go along with people because they've, they're going towards a better ideal than you are you're only hurting yourself so be careful with that yeah for sure it, it's it's you know before i was talking about maybe more, more of the kind of fame hungry person mm -hmm. but there is something just much more basic and fundamental in you want to kind of affirm your existence and your individuality by being different yeah. and and you know um that, that's that's just just human nature and it can take you down a you know a misguided path but that that's much more understandable and much more uh something i can sympathize with much more so yeah mm -hmm. just something to watch out for even you know you can be coming from the right place and be actually just be wanting something better for yourself and that can still lead you astray so it's uh, like with many things we say it's about trying to know yourself the best the best you can right always be transparent with yourself like why why am i actually holding these beliefs because they're strongly held or just because it makes me feel really good when i can be different mm -hmm. and uh you know there's nothing wrong with that you can just find new information that's different right like you don't actually have to you can still end up in that position right like you can go get more obscure information right like if i if just to go back to something that's completely like free of uh you know 
tension and, and, and partisanship and stuff. It's like, I, I, if, 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 if I want like a unique movie opinion and stuff and unique movie taste, okay, then I watch, go watch obscure films, mm-hmm. right? There's, there's nothing controversial about it. There's nothing like I'm not being wrongheaded or something. So you can find that difference without going down a, you know, this, this, this pit of whatever, whether it's misinformation or, you know, being unnecessarily aggressive or whatever, whatever misguided thing that, that, that you're going to go down. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think, I think that, that wraps up, uh, this rather wacky pod. Um, yeah, I think so. <clears throat> so thanks for joining us, everybody. Um, if you know this episode, we'd really appreciate it if you give it a positive rating and a review, share it with your friends and family or anybody else you think that might like it. Take care and we'll see you next week for another episode of Life's Difficult.